Why does wood-burning pellets count as renewable energy? And how much can a $12 billion investment in electrifying Australia's homes decrease the country's emissions? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Becosphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Monday, May 16th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with a climate study. A new study published in the journal Science looked at how well our tidal flats, tidal marshes, and mangroves are being maintained. All of those ecosystems are considered tidal wetlands, and they are some of the best ecosystems for sucking up carbon from the atmosphere. They also create natural storm surge barriers for coastal communities. Research using satellite data has determined that the Earth has lost 4,000 square kilometers of its tidal wetlands from 1999 to 2019. This is actually way less than it could have been because humanity has managed to reforest 71% of the deforested places. Most of this loss is the result of aquaculture, agriculture, and urban development, as well as sea level rise and erosion. This study's findings could, quote, allow us to finally scale up local measurements of carbon accumulation to estimate the size of coastal carbon sinks, a scientist unrelated to the study told Carbon Brief. Now for some climate victories. The UK started a £120 million fund to develop nuclear power technology. Called the Future Nuclear Enabling Fund, it will help the government reach its goal of eight nuclear reactors by 2030, potentially increasing its percentage of the UK's energy supply from 16 to 25 percent. This isn't the first time the UK has tried to revive its nuclear plant supply, though, so we'll see if this time they create more than one. Scotiabank, the ninth largest bank that finances fossil fuels, has left the Canadian Association for Petroleum Producers as potentially part of its slow effort to divest from fossil fuels. It didn't provide a reason. But this leaves the association without any member banks at a time it's been trying to counter investment firms' efforts to divest from fossil fuels. Scotiabank used to sponsor the Fossil Fuel Lobby Group's symposium, which allows fossil fuel companies and investors to mingle. Now for some climate fails. The Saudi Arabia oil and gas company Saudi Aramco just passed Apple in becoming the world's most valuable company after closing out trading last Wednesday with a market cap of close to $2.43 trillion. This is because Russia's war in Ukraine has caused oil and gas prices to soar, leading to record profits for the fossil fuel industry. Apple's stocks fell 5% that day, so they closed at $2.37 trillion. Over in East Asia, Japan and South Korea have been upping the energy they get from burning wood pellets because the UN says wood pellets are, quote, carbon neutral. I've talked in the past about how the US, the EU, and the UK are doing the same thing, but Asian countries haven't been covered as much in this regard. Japan is the third largest economy and South Korea is the 10th largest, so let's talk about it. Humanity has already been through the whole wood burning phase. We know it causes smog, increased health problems from inhaling the small air particles, as well as emitting greenhouse gas emissions. Black carbon from biomass production has been found to be melting the Arctic as we speak. And yet all of these countries are omitting these emissions and putting this form of energy generation with wind and solar. The UN got this idea of burning wood as being carbon neutral by justifying the act of burning trees with trees getting replanted, saying they even out. 
The decision was made to consider biomass carbon neutral back during the Kyoto Protocol in 1997. Since then, numerous studies have come out challenging this line of thinking. It can take years for trees to take up the carbon burned from an older tree. Old growth forests are vital to a healthy ecosystem, and creating an area with trees of the same age can make the area more susceptible to wildfires. As an example of countries not counting biomass emissions, Japan recently created a rule requiring life cycle greenhouse gas emissions accounting, but it doesn't require its 34 biomass energy plants to keep track. Japanese officials have said biomass will play an expanding role in the country's effort to reduce emissions by 46% by 2030. Meanwhile, South Korea includes biomass in its clean energy portfolio standard and has 17 in operation and four currently being built. Meanwhile, a hydroelectric dam complex in Argentina, funded by China, is facing backlash from environmentalists and indigenous groups who are worried about its impact on local glaciers. The complex is made of two dams and is expected to supply 5% of the country's energy needs. But it might also flood wetlands, destroy ancestral Mapuche land, and disrupt the trajectory and melt rate of some of the world's largest glaciers. The dams are being built on the Santa Cruz River, which is the largest waterway in the area and home to more than a 1,000 glaciers. Despite tons of lawsuits from many different concerned groups over this in the last several years, the project is still continuing. Remember what I said earlier about how important wetlands are for storing carbon? Well, the Florida Agriculture and Consumer Services Commissioner Nikki Fried penned a letter to the Environmental Protection Agency director that she thinks the EPA should take over permitting for Florida's wetlands to prevent catastrophic environmental damage. The last few months of the Trump administration, Trump transferred the authority of wetlands permitting from the EPA to the Florida Department of Environmental Protection. Now, a 2022 bill is waiting on Florida Governor DeSantis's desk that will fast-track wetland destruction in favor of development. Fried is also running for governor against DeSantis this year because she's so concerned about the direction environmental policy is going in that state. The environmental law group Earth Justice also recently named the department as the defendant in a lawsuit on behalf of several environmental organizations to reverse the transfer of authority. Now for some chemical news. Last Friday, we talked about how aerosols are keeping heating above the surface, so we might not be feeling as much of the climate change we're causing yet. A decrease in aerosol from emissions and pollution reduction, therefore, has been shown to increase the severity of hurricanes in the Atlantic. Well, I failed to mention that the increase in pollution over that same period of time, from the 80s to now, mainly from India and China, has decreased the severity of hurricanes in the Pacific. So that's another example of how aerosols are impacting the climate. Over in the U.S., an analysis by the Environmental Integrity Project found several oil refineries are emitting above the maximum amount of benzene allowed. Benzene causes cancer. Benzene is volatile when exposed to air and can leak out of tanks, valves, pumps, etc. in a way that's difficult to detect. Benzene contamination in general was found at or near 118 of the 129 operational sites in 2019. Nearly half of these refineries are above the levels they should be. Five of the worst sites were found in Texas, four in Louisiana, and one each in Pennsylvania, Indiana, and the Virgin Islands. 
6.1 million people in the U.S. live within three miles of a refinery, and lower-income and minority groups are twice as likely to live by them than the rest of the population. Let's finish with a positive study out of Australia. A new report by Dr. Saul Griffith, the founder of Rewire Australia and a former energy policy advisor to the U.S. government, found that a $12 billion investment in household electrification over the next five years in Australia could eliminate a third of the country's emissions while saving households $40 billion a year by 2028. That's over $5,000 a year per household. Electrification would involve fitting every home with solar panels and battery storage, switching to electric cooktops, heaters, and water heaters, and would also include switching petrol cars to electric vehicles. That's a lot that can get done with $12 billion. And that was your climate news for Monday, May 16th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.